Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, I am sorry, Baylor. The answer we were looking for was institutional control. Yes, institutional control. So close. But you're not going home empty-handed. We'll be sending you with these beautiful set of new sanctions. Ooh, and these lovely lawsuits valued at well over $50 million. Thank you for playing, Baylor. Hey, welcome back to Wisdom of the Wannabes. You got Alan. And Ryan. And you do not have Art Bryles right now. Or actually, I guess technically you still do until tomorrow? Friday? I don't know what the uh, termination time frame is. If that son of a bitch is still within 100 miles awake, I'd be surprised. Uh, I've got a pretty good idea. He is sitting there nursing a, a fine Merlot like myself right now. Uh, probably more than one. And, uh, good Lord. You know, the thing about you giving up your writing, which was much better than mine, I'll give you that, is that we cannot go back and Google our podcast. And I'm trying to go back to when we said you're going to lose these conference championships because we did say this yeah i mean we talked about baylor and i had to look it up and go back to when was that first time that baylor kind of popped back up on our radar schedule well they had what what was it was it 2011 when uh griffin won the heisman trophy no for the two of us because we are in the car heading to the halloween party outside of austin it was the fall of 2004 when they beat Texas A&M 35 to 34. I remember that game, but I still, I still want to think: was that the begin? Was that Art Bryles? No, yeah. it was not. That, that that was just for me. That the first time that they blipped up here, and then the next year under Guy Morris, they won five games. Yeah, and then it was four. And then three, yeah. and, but it, it's still that, that was kind of the, oh my gosh, something just happened here that Baylor beat these guys. And I think that's, that was a legit win. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, but you know, the, the thing about it is, is that if you're going to say something was a fluke or not, when you have the beauty of hindsight is I call it mm-hmm. a fluke when you go and win five, four, three, three games until for the next, you know, five, six years. Oh no! I mean, this was not the this was not the Art Browse deal, but this is where I still remember that you and I ever had a discussion about Baylor football. Yeah, because we were so giddy that they had beaten the Aggies. Well, uh, it was awesome that you know, golly, better them than uh, any of us. Yes, <laughs> yes. So you know, Browse took over in 2008, and if you you know, looking at some of the articles coming out today, it is amazing to go back and look that. In the first 12 years of the Big 12, Baylor won exactly 11 games. And then Browse comes in. And Browse, you know, first season I'm looking at right now, he beat, uh, well, for us, just because of Coach Leach, Washington State. And then in conference, Iowa State and the Aggies. 
Not only did he beat the Aggies, he beat them 41-21. So, uh, you know, it goes from that, 4-8, and 4-8, eight, and, eight, and then, boom, 2010, 7-6. Boom, next year, 10-3. and three. Next year, 8-5. Thir- 2013, 11-2. I mean, these guys just start rolling. Yeah, I mean, that's – it's – I mean – from looking like we're going to speak for a minute about purely from a football perspective, because you are, and you know, the, the, the run that they went on. And I think that that's evidenced by it's why I don't care how many players Notre Dame lost. I'm still scared to death of them because Brian Kelly has been there long enough to establish a pipeline and to get a consistent system. And you saw that with Bryles is that, you know, once he started bringing in these players that could perform well in this system, you know, when, when you get that going and you have that consistency, I mean, Bob Stoops, Mac Brown, to use examples in our conference, you know, that's that's what you get. And he was able to do that. But, yeah, I mean, for, to but it's like the old Miss thing. Like, really? Are these players really coming to Waco? Like, did they ever come so, here? But wait, I mean, I, I think we got to this is, you know, saying up. When did you remember seeing this first? We have never talked yet about the fact that today art is gone. Or, or he's been reassigned to be fired. And I think it's not being fired. I think there's a, a lot more hell coming Baylor's way. Oh, uh, I, you know, I, I can't believe the NCAA hasn't piped up about this. And, and, you know, and I guess now that I say that out loud, let me, you know, take a step back and they don't have the report. Maybe they shouldn't. It's not like they've got a great track record for making awesome decisions. So maybe it's like good for them, but if they ever get their hands on this report and, you know, I know they're a private institution, but at some point they fall under the purview of the NCAA. Oh, and this is, uh, I mean, we're going to get to the NCAA in a second because I'm concerned actually more so for the kids right now than the NCAA and Baylor. Yeah. Because I think right now, um, Here's my theory, and I'll just throw it out there before we dive into this too much. Baylor administration and whatever's left of the you know athletic department is right now already notifying the NCAA. That's that's in the press today. They've already gone out and told them, hey, by the way, um, here's some findings you might have heard about. You should probably start an investigation about it, and we're being compliant with you. So don't do that death penalty stuff. Oh, and by the way, take as much time as you want to investigate it because, you know, you cannot, you know, it would be a bad thing for the amateur athletes at Baylor if you would come back with a really quick decision, say, in the next month and allowed our 18-year-old, you know, freshman to, you know, transfer. The 17- and 18-year-old letter of intent signing people to say, I'm not showing up at Waco. Uh, and then, you know, God forbid we lose anybody else. That that would not be right for the student athletes. So yeah. let's take our time. Let's go through this. We'll probably have a new head coach, but we still have a lot of talented athletes. And by God, we can have a bowl, a bowl game season. NCAA and the Big 12 has to come in and hammer these guys. But I know... This is what's sad, again, about the system that we like and we enjoy, that you're still pulling me further and further away from this to go to the NFL, is that these guys right now are working actively to screw with the athletes to make them stay at Waco. 
and that pisses me well, off. Well, yeah, and and I don't know. I certainly haven't read as much about it as you have in in, in that sense. Um, but I have to believe in that. Contrary to recent and past behavior, I have to think these people aren't completely oblivious, and not at least not at this point. In that, the best of the best players that you have right now, they're not they're not staying here. They're not going to play their college career here. Uh, I, I I don't think there are. I I can't. Aff- I can't whether the NCAA takes their time and issues a you know a credence or a, a decision whatever you know next March, which is probably not too far off from what reality is. Um, yeah. Then you know I, I still don't believe that there's any scenario where these these players are going to want to stick around here. Um, I. But then it goes it goes back to the model of the NCAA right. is that the players in in all you know remember. The players did not sign with Art Bryles and Phil Bennett and the rest of the staff. They signed with Baylor University because they really wanted to go to Waco. It had nothing to do with the offense, the defense, the winning tradition, McLean Stadium. It was all about amateurism and everything outside the stadium, which we know is complete horseshit. And that is where you're going to see... At some point, right now today, if you've watched Twitter and you've heard these, the athletes are young kids. They don't know any better. And they're just on Twitter, which, God forbid, whatever ADs in charge right now should say, stay off social media. Yeah. But they're out there just spouting off, I'm with you know Coach Bryles. I'm with this. Yeah, yeah. And they're going to sit there and realize – well, we're not going to get another group of kids coming through here. Yeah, and you know what? We're about to be Kansas. And you're a fucking idiot if you're with him, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm sorry, but that's, uh, it, you know, and I, I, I certainly am not one to believe that the, the, the behavior and the decisions of a few represent the, the many. Um, you know, do I think that every football player or, you know, 70% of the football players are sex offenders or racist or rapists? Uh, no, I don't. But uh, I do know that there has been such a lax system by which you uh, evaluate the character of the people that you are giving these scholarships to, to a very expensive university, by the way. Uh, so I, but let's... Uh... Let's talk about just what came down today, just on the broad scope. And it's going to be a lot of reading for me of some stuff that it's, you know, you need a law degree to have it, but it's a summary of it. And it's really just amazing that uh, I would say at the beginning of this week or the end of last week, when the Ken Starr getting fired thing, or was that just 48 hours ago? Yeah, I think it's like three days ago. All right. So I really thought that they would hold on to their cash cow, which is obviously their $6 million head coach that built the stadium and not Ken Starr. Right. I thought that this, that was a balloon that was floated out just like they do on the Sunday talk shows. Yeah, you told me. You yes. Know, hey, we're thinking about, you know, and we're not thinking, they never pose it that way. Hey, so-and-so has said, you know, inside sources have said that we're going, the policy is going to be X. And they literally wait 48 hours to watch that Sunday news cycle and most importantly, that Monday news cycle to see how it breaks. And I think for all intents and purposes, 
Star had his people do the exact same thing. And when they saw that Star being sacrificed was not at all going to do it, that's when all of a sudden we got this. Well, you know, I, I'll say this. I think it's interesting. The um, What I get a sense of, I can't believe that they're reassigning him. Like that's, well, I, I, I can't believe that. Um, the chancellor is more of a, well, I didn't know what the chancellor was, but I, I understand more now. Chancellor is more about money and getting the visibility of the school up. President is all about running the school. Yeah. So now you put him in a, a role that's more symbolic, uh, but it's more forward facing to all your alumni. So I don't understand the rationale on that. I think he's gone too. It's just it's happened so quickly that no one understands. I, I think there's going to be so many more people falling under the axe, and um, Ken Starr does not survive. But then again, he's done much, much more in his life than anybody else there. Well, he is a, a politician, um, but you know that doesn't make him a whole lot different from a lot of these other cats, his peers. But I, I, I think too, you know, I, I just. I think he's a scumbag. I know he's really popular with the um, with the uh, students. Like he's, well, he's he's been very popular in, like in the past. But I I think the uh, you know I, I just it, this all happened under in the area in the athletic director. Like you know it's just there they should all three be gone and there's like no question about it. So it, it's funny that you say that he's popular with the students. Guess what? No one knew who the hell Monford was outside of the fact that they thought that, you know, John Monford was charging them more as the first chancellor for Texas Tech. Um, you know, I don't know if Baylor's had a chancellor before. You know, it's kind of a newish role that only came out in the 80s for a lot of the, you know, institutions outside of the Ivy League. Yeah. Um, but being popular when everything is going your way. I mean, women's basketball is kicking yeah. ass. Men's basketball is not kicking as much ass, but pretty relevant. But they're playing and better football. than they ever have, more consistent. Yeah, and you built this brand new palace on the Brazos. I mean, what more can you ask for? It's pretty great to be a, a president in the upswing. Yeah. It's like being, you know, and God somebody don't text me, but it's like being the president in the nineties when everybody's, you know, 401k and everything else is going through the roof because the market was booming. Slick Willie's getting hummers left and right. All right. Well, (laughs) I didn't say that, but all right. So let's dive into this. So, uh, the peppers law firm, and I'm sure is more than just peppers, you know, basically gave a 13 page summary out to the press, which is a contradiction in terms, by the way. Exactly. And so bear with me here, but are you going to read all 13 is, pages? No, no, no. I actually went through and cut and pasted a couple things. And when I read something that gets your attention, just shout out. So um, the nature of what they've uncovered reflect a fundamental failure by Baylor to implement Title IX and the Violence Against Women Reauthorization Act. Pepper found that Baylor's effort to implement were slow, ad hoc, and hindered a lack of institutional support and engagement by senior leadership. Uh, Pepper also found examples by two university administrators that directly discouraged complainants from filing reporting or participating in the student conduct process. Okay, so I'm going to stop you right there. So the things that 
um, that really make me crazy are, and and what you've read so far are the number. Just two paragraphs of the seven or eight that I've got. So I'm just going to make this one comment and I'll let you dive right into it. We don't have to turn into a big discussion, but when he talked about the, and I understand it's lawyers and it's legalese, but when he talked about the, you know, failure to implement, you know, controls on title nine and you know, what, whatever it is you said, um, uh, the violence against women reauthorization act. One is from 1972. The other that's title nine, by the way, which we all know is a problem. But the other was from 2013. Well, and here's the thing that I'll say, and I'll be brief, I promise. But shouldn't it just be common fucking sense and not some statute? Like when you're talking about the severity of what we're talking about, like that's that's crazy to me that like, you know, anyway. That they basically build up bridges and obstacles to do that stuff. Well, like, why, 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 why does there have to be a, a statute that is violating for there to be something wrong? You don't need that. You, you just need to know that there's basic common decency at the. I can't say it strong enough, but you know what I'm getting at. Anyway, continue. Yeah. I just okay. I want to highlight that those two things stuck out to me. Well, wait for this one. In one instance, the actions of the university's retaliation, or I'm sorry, the actions led to a retaliation against the complainant for reporting sexual assault. The law firm's findings also reflect a significant concern about the tone and culture within Baylor's football program as it relates to accountability for all forms of athlete misconduct. That's that's where I can stop. Uh, I've got more and more things that I went through the 13 pages and copied and pasted just so I can read it. But it just gets down to the fact that like one of them, the law firm itself, and I'm sure I'm just popping the hell out of the speakers right there because I'm hitting my mic. But one of the things that they call out, the investigation conducted in the context of a broader culture and belief by many administrators that sexual violence, quote unquote, doesn't happen here oh god and then there's other ones that where not just the baylor pd but the administrators basically stop people from moving forward by shaming the people who came forward and said something happened there's another instance of the football coaches and staff meeting directly with the complainant or the parent and guardian of the complainant to stop them from moving forward in other words, they came to somebody's door and said, do you really want to move forward or would you like season tickets? Hey, I mean, let me tell you something. I would kill that motherfucker if he came to my door and it was my daughter and not pardon my French. But that that is the amount of the amount of money that will be extracted from this highly wealthy university over the coming months and years will be. Oh, Man, it's, it's astronomical. Fresh, but, but I want to say unprecedented. So, A, you know that they've got their private university, so we have no idea how much money they have. I'm going to guess they have quite a lot. And B, every attorney is going to go after them that's worth a damn if they can find it. Because right now, you have Baylor's own attorneys. Remember, Baylor hired these guys to investigate, to find out how messed up it was. And they released a 13-page summary that basically said it is this bad, which means 
there's about what well, all right a hundred pages for every one page you know that's released dude i mean i'm just making that up but my god they should have just written on a cocktail napkin this is some really messed up shit yes <laughs> submitted it, that to the press <laughs> i cannot understand i really do not i mean except for the fact that there was politics going on there was a significant cheating going on but when you go back to the mid 80s with smu and that sort of consistent cheating the system and putting academics ab- or i'm sorry <laughs> excuse me athletics above anything else they gave the SMU the death penalty. Yeah. I do not understand how you cannot give Baylor the death penalty unless you have basically just say, we will never, ever do that again. Which, I'm sorry, Baylor has just proven, and it hurts me because, you know, my family's from there. I have had relatives that went to Baylor. Uh, I thought that Baylor coming up, and I'm on record of saying this earlier, that I thought it was great. But they just... They got too greedy. Yeah. They cut way too many corners. And the fact that Phil Bennett is sitting there right now being able to put head coach, maybe with INT in front of it, on his LinkedIn pisses me off. I mean, I am so fired up about today. I'm glad we have this for five people to listen to. Well, I, and I'll tell you what. I it, one one thing to say because it's really easy to hate on them and and rightfully so because you know like you said what the the little bit that you read just you know which is just a a, a fraction of the summary yes you know is that the uh, like this is how bad it is and this law firm has I've read this I can't substantiate it I, I certainly don't know but they they're they are one of the top ones in the country that. Um, is hired to do, you know, independent investigations like this, you know? But usually when you hire somebody, that's when you are, you know, that's why we are all 48 hours ago, 72 hours ago going, this is going to be the biggest whitewash right. we've well, ever but, seen. And they have a history of that. They, they've, I mean, I, wait, excuse me, let me back up. They don't have a history of that. That is not correct, not accurate. I have read things that, there's a lot of belief that they have a tendency to um, be a little bit more lenient on the institutional side versus on the, you know, the, the, the opposite side of that. The law firm itself or just independent, you know, this, investigations? this particular one. Okay. Well, I, I don't, I think I saw that. I, I think I saw that, but I would say that usually if you're going to go out and have somebody investigate you and it's yourself paying for it, you're going to cover your bases. You know, it's like, all right, give us, you know, we know there's something bad here. We got to sacrifice somebody. Give us something, but don't give us a lot. And my God, I mean, this 13 pages buries a ton of people. Yeah. I mean, they, it's, it's a, uh, it's a bad situation for uh, the Baylor's in a real, I mean, they're, you're right. They, they should, I mean, whatever, at the minimum, whatever happened to Penn State. At, at a and, minimum. And that's the deal is that that is one coach. And I don't, I, I'm trying to figure this out is that was one coach that we know of Sandusky. And then Paterno, as we're finding out even this year, overlooking and knowing it for years and condoning it. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. 
uh, to this, which is still, I guess, allegedly, because it's never been proven in a court of law to this point. Oh, there's two convicted players that are in jail. Oh, there's, I've got the timeline pulled up and I'll put all the, I mean, it goes back to 2009. I mean, that's how far back this is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to argue because they're both just so heinous. And, and it's one thing to, I think it's an important thing to note is in all of this, Am I glad? Are you glad that they got caught? Absolutely, because that was some terrible things. But at the end of the day, you know, and it makes me sick that, you know, like Art Browse, you know, knew what he did and, and, and made the decisions that he made and behaved his way. And you're still making like five million dollars a year. You know, so like at the end of the day, he can go buy an island and retire to it. Um, but well, hey, by the way, his daughter came out in his defense on Facebook, which is a really, really bad idea. Yeah, you, which you needed earlier this week, you know, and this is where I think that Bryles lost whatever defenders he had is, you know, in the middle of all this. And this is where I kind of want to go back. And we have a, a listener, I think, that uh, works for Orange Blood that he's been, you know, firing down and chasing down this story for, you know, months, if not years. And he basically said he won't do it anymore because the alumni of Baylor were so adamant. And so, you know, just at his throat, it's like going after Saban in Alabama. You can't do it. And watching them rally around Bryles and try to protect this guy, and knowing what you know and what I know just from our friends and everybody else is that they cut a lot of corners. Yeah. They've proved it. And the main thing is, is they basically, and this is where, you know, if I read, you know, seven paragraphs into it, this is what the law firm said is the law firm basically says the athletic department and specifically the football program operated outside the law of, Baylor. They knew that they had a different discipline system. They would never get in trouble. And that is the culture that Bryles built. And that is, you know, obviously, uh, from what we've heard from Miami and others, that's not anything new, but this was a whole different level. Yeah. They, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it's good that it's so scathing, and I think that will be a that that will be a you know if I'm the NCAA, it's almost like I don't even, I don't even want to read the report. I'll pay somebody to do it, but I I don't want to. I know everything I need to know in these 13 pages. But the you know it's at the end of the day, it's a horrible situation all around for everybody involved. And I'm glad that at least there's a sense or a beginning of a sense of. You know, justice, I don't, man, I don't, it, it's tough. Thing. It's a tough thing to put a silver lining on it. But at the end of the day, the truth has come out. And that's what's important. And that there is going to be, you know, vindication here, hopefully, for at least some sense for these young women of, you know, closure, beginning of closure. I, I can't even fathom that. So it's hard to talk about that. But yeah, it, and I don't want to, but as a father of a daughter, you yes. mentioned earlier, it's like, if you send your daughter to a university, you expect her to be protected. If my if I send my sons to a university, I expect them to be protected too. Now, if the kids themselves do dumb shit, I expect them to be punished. Yes. That is exactly what, if my kids are going there, 
and someone else's kids are going there, I expect us all to be held to the same standards. Do I understand that athletes are going to get favoritism in a you know curve in you know the academic side? Yes, this is going to happen. But when you commit a fucking felony, I expect that guy or that woman, you know, to pay the price. Yes. And this is not what was happening. It was basically being swept under the rug, being uh, stonewalled, being bought off. And basically, you know, and I couldn't find it. And if I can find it on YouTube and put it on this post, go back to the beginning of this year when, uh, God, who, what was this year's story with them in September? Was it, um, oh, God, uh, Aquachu or whatever. Oh, yeah. They got transfer from Boise State. Yes. Yeah. And that was when the amazing Waco Tribune staff and, you know, the other weak ass reporters that are down let, there. Let, let, let me interject something right there. Some of those sons of bitches need to be fired too. Like, they do. They, they are it, complicit in what happened here. Well, let, we'll get to Waco in just a sec. But <laughs> if you watch this one interview if i can find it you watch that guy try to be a reporter try to be a reporter and then bryles basically said hey you know what we're talking about football here let's keep all this to the other side because we don't really know and the reporter goes okay you know and it's just it's so complicit and it's such a cover-up and it's because and now this is our transition Waco is Waco. Yes. I think I I really honestly am starting to wonder if that's just a cursed town. You know, you can look at things going back to Koresh, things going back to, you know, uh, I'm trying to think there's another one in there somewhere before you get to Twin Peaks. You get, you know, this here at, you know, with the football team. There's a ton of stuff that basically just screams we are oh i'm sorry the shooting the you know the drug accusations with the basketball oh, team oh yeah well yeah my god that, i mean that, that was huge it is funny cuz like nobody remembers that isn't that crazy yes that drives me nuts and the fact that they're able to rebound so quickly I, this screams to me that this school has to have and i think it will have and it'll take a year or two if they're able to have an athletic program which at this point in time I am to the point of saying they don't need to have an athletic program without a third party monitoring yeah, that let's does not report. Together. Yeah, the, you cannot have somebody that reports to the Texas state government because you have way too many Baylor alums and Baylor interests that are there. You have to have somebody that can oversee and say, hey, no, I'm sorry. You know, you cannot go to someone's house and tell them, did you really get raped by this player? Are you sure? You know, you just can't do that. And Waco just, you know, and I'm, I'm going to throw the, the bike yeah. incident into it. We're now sitting, I think over a year where a hundred some odd guys that yes, some of them were armed and armed can mean that they had a knife on right. them and they were sentenced or not sentenced. They're arrested and bailed out on a million dollars because they were bikers. Yeah. Waco sounds like the biggest Southern joke town of all time. I am just floored with this. The, and I'm the, the more you read, the, the more you read about that biker thing, the crazier that becomes. 
Well, the fact is, it, it goes back, you know, in this case right here, this case opens up the door to Waco PD because you go back to the guy that was, uh, I think he was a New York giant for a while and something else. His, you know, assault is a, still an open case. Like a sexual assault is an open case that they said, keep it open, put it in a, you know, in a room or whatever, in a server that only people that know about this will ask about it. Because if we close it, then it becomes public record. So it's been open for years. That means that not only is Baylor involved, not only is Baylor Police Department involved, but the Waco PD and DA are involved in covering this up. That tells me that this entire city and area has the priorities way out of whack. Yeah, well, there it's like you said, it's Baylor. What are you going to do? Well, but Baylor, you know, for decades, we didn't care, you know, because people went there to get a great education. I still believe there you get a great education from, you know, Baylor. Yeah. You don't really good law school. And you and uh, you don't go there for or for athletics now, academics and athletics are obviously whipping my ass right now but i mean you don't go there to have great teams but now you've got this palace on the brazos which i think is going to be hysterical to see in about two to three years yeah when it's like 20 percent full mm-hmm. and the fact that now you know jerry jones has been paying uh baylor and tech to come down and play their game, you know, every two years, if not every year, in uh, in Jerry World. Well, that that's not going to happen anymore. Yeah. Waco's going to say, no, we need that money, you know, <laughs> here. We need to help out. So that's going to die. And Jerry's like, yeah, I don't, yeah. Well, and Jerry Jones isn't going to have any part of that. Well, I mean, I don't know what, how long the contract is, but it's just, I really think that this hurts, again, the Big 12, which is already weak, uh, that you lose a top 10 program that they will not maintain top 10. I, I think next year they will still be a an 8 to 10 win team based on their, you know, the kids that they have, the talent that they have. But that's solely based on the fact that what happens with the NCAA you know, can well, you imagine? Here, here's my thing. Who's going to coach them? Like, well, are, these, that's my deal. You know, these there's guys always staying? a coach. Like, is there, I mean, I, I can't imagine these guys staying there. Like the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, they're in the know. They know what's not happening. And what's not happening is we have no chance of being successful here over the next five years. Because, I, I mean, I, and I'm saying this under the assumption that there is, some sanctions coming from the NCAA at some point here. I mean, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you, we no, all I, I believe that, right? Like, like there's, uh, yeah, you fired your coach, fantastic, but you're still going to be punished for this. So that's the deal is right now, uh, I would assume, and again, we're going to the attorney deal, that the attorneys for the NCAA or the investigators, which I believe are attorneys, are going to go and ask Baylor, hey, you know, you you already reached out to us, which they did. It's in the press that they have said, oh, hey, NCAA, by the way, um, you should probably look at this. That came out yesterday. And they're going to look at the entire law firm, you know, uh, filing. 
And I think that is going to open up a huge can of worms because, you know, I don't know what, you know, these guys really found what pepper and whatever have found, but they obviously found enough to fire a coach. And that's where the coaching tree of art is going to kind of come into potentially hurting other programs namely yours right now yeah you know i i I think it's yes i i thought about that i i don't necessarily think that that it's we're we're to that point yet i mean this at the end of the day this is about art briles and this is about what happened at baylor and there are not instances of this at university of houston that we know about or you know freaking stephenville high school or whatever um no but here's the deal though is all right so now you're right you just said Houston. We've never heard anything about Houston. Now, I guarantee you, with the, the trial lawyers in Houston are now going to start digging. And there's going to be a bunch of, you know, BS lawsuits that come out of Houston, but that involves investigation. And for every, you know, let's say every 10 BS lawsuit that comes in, there's going to be one that's really warranted there. Yeah. And that's when you start digging into that. So does that actually end up hitting my school with, you know, Kingsbury underneath, you know, brows? Yeah. Does it come down to the most recent? And this is where I was trying to do a little research on the coaching tree. And, you know, you can only go position coaches are hard to track, but Gilbert with you guys, Phil Montgomery at Tulsa, Barbers at you know Bowling Green. Mm-hmm. No one really cares about Tulsa and Bowling Green, but you guys, you know, Gilbert's got to be a little bit shaky right now. And I guarantee you, your AD and Strong are sitting there going, "Now you tell us right now," because if it comes out later on, you're screwed. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't know. None of but, us know, but. I- that that's the thing is now it's all conspiracy theories and guesswork. Yeah, I I, I think that's a little extreme. I don't think it's going to come to that because again, I think that if this were at the level that it was, why would it come out at Baylor and it wouldn't come out at Houston or it wouldn't come out here or there? I I, I think this is a well, Art Browse people- thing and it's going to be made an Art Browse thing. And you know, at, at the end of the day, if it, I, I don't think that there are there's this mass conspiracy or Cosa Nostra of these coaches that knew all this that are like, oh, shit, now we're all going to get caught. I I my my opinion is. Uh, Baylor was the Baylor was the big real opportunity. Everything else was a stepping stone to get to a situation like Baylor. And when you got to a situation like Baylor, which I'm sorry, I know they're Baylor but is five steps above the situation at Houston, University of Houston. So when you get to Baylor, there's more pressure on you. You know, there's, you know, you're competing against very good teams. You're competing against, you know, teams like TCU and Texas Tech and Kansas State that are going to be hard, kick-ass teams that are going to give you a dogfight every single year. You know, regardless of how they were doing, Texas really down at the time, Oklahoma kind of, you know, wavering, but still up above average. Here's two premier programs. You know, Texas is going to be down forever. And I, I think that the pressure is such to where you're a lot more lenient into what you're allowing. But I I don't believe that there is this history of 
I'm going to bring in sex offenders and rapists. I just think it was a, you made a whole lot of really bad decisions that might have worked out for you in the past with, you know, trying to build with character people or give them a second chance and you got too desperate and you went in too much and it, you know, you shit the bed. Well, all right. So I'm going to say this is that coaches want to win no matter what level they are. And the fact that you are going to say that uh, you don't think this was happening at Houston, I think is somewhat of a, and you know, I'm not trying to piss you off, but I think it's somewhat naive is that that was Bryles first time as a head coach at the college. Yeah. So, and, and so let me clarify that that's a fair point. Let me clarify is, you know, what we're talking about here, you know, I don't think that this was happening there. And what I mean by this is a string of sex offenders. Now, were there pieces of shit that he brought into the organization that he recruited, um, that he brought on to play there that were really bad people? Uh, no, I have no reason to to doubt that. I, I don't doubt that at all. What I'm saying is that I don't necessarily believe that there is the uh, prolific, uh, seemingly prolific amount of, uh, of 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 rape and sex offending going on. I don't necessarily think that that same heinous crap at Baylor that's been happening the last few years was happening there. But I'm also not saying, no, oh, these guys were saints. Well, see, I'm going to go to the fact that, and this is one thing that I, you man. Be a I, piece of shit and not be a rapist. Yeah, you can. And you can take um, all sorts of people in. And I think you have to remember that these guys, and it's not these guys. I mean, you can win without cheating. You build a program, you build a base, but if you look at the stuff that he, you know, the way that he turned things around and how quickly he did, um, you you know that he cut some corners here or there. I mean, could Brile succeed at Notre Dame given their problems that we've heard? Absolutely not. Uh, but, you know, going into Houston and turning it into a fantastic you know, Mac or Conference USA or whatever they are these days. Yeah. Uh, program. He did it really quickly. So, how do you turn that around from you know the uh, running gun era of the John Jenkins early '90s? You know, Art took them to you know uh, they finished ten and four and eight and five before he was gone. So, he he is. His problem, I think, and somebody laid this out, is he is used to being a guy in charge, like not having to worry about the NCAA. He's used to being in Stephenville and, you know, having everybody report up to him. And if you have a problem with him, well, guess what? Your son's not going to play. And more than likely, your son might as well just move to a private school because you don't want him in, involved with my athletes. Bryles is starting to look like more and more of a vindictive shit than anything I ever possibly imagined. And that's where I've, I've got some problems with, you know, like his run at Houston is he did turn him around. He did a great job. And then he went to Baylor and look what they did. He didn't turn that Houston program to a 10 to four team overnight without getting some 
questionable people. Yeah. So, and, and, and I, I don't doubt that. I, I don't doubt that. I think, you know, you, like you said, you know, he's obsessed with winning. He's been successful at all levels now. I mean, well, not the pro, but at, at high school and college. That's, that's got to be worth All right. So wait, but you said this. So what do you think happens with this, with him, uh, as far as like, does any other college touch him again? A small or college, is- maybe after a year or two. All right, so I was thinking that no one could touch him in the you know the college level, unless he goes pro, and he becomes an OC or something like that. Well, it, but he's sixty something years old. I think he's sixty one. Well, and with the hypersensitivity in the NFL around yeah. subjects such as this, there's no chance that he's. I, I don't think. I think he'd be a terrible fit in the NFL. Um, I think he will take a year or two off. And just kind of go into, um, you know, fade off into the oblivion. And then he'll resurface and coach at a, you know, a Youngstown State. Or a, well, he won't go up there. He'll stay in Texas. But he'll go coach at like, you know. Uh, UTSA. Yeah. UTSA, Southwest. San Angelo State University. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. But yeah, he'll go to one of these small colleges and he'll probably, you know, kick a lot of ass. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, I, I think his big-time coaching things, you know, I'll tell you the first thing, one of the first things I thought when this news came down was, man, you know, Texas was talking to this guy about taking the job. And, Hell yeah, they and, were. You know, kind of supporting your point you just made about him in control is he he didn't want to interview. He wanted an offer. And it was like, all right, well, later. Yeah. <laughs> and God, uh, thank God Texas didn't do that, you know, because. But see, the thing is, at Texas, and I, I think, you know, some other. Texas was at that time. He was getting better players in Texas. He would have done the same shit. I, I, I honestly, I think that the insulation at UT, the insulation at AM, you know, the insulation at Tech, uh, he could have hit it a lot better than Waco. Probably. I know for a fact at Tech, you know, he could have done a, a lot of this same stuff, except you guys would have been sitting there like me going, how the hell did we all of a sudden be? Well, actually, you know what? I could see us winning a conference championship every now and then, but you do not take a doormat to winning back-to-back conferences. That's where it is, and it's, you know, anything you watch about uh, Vegas and you watch the casinos on, you know, like, A&E or Investigation, they always talk about the cheaters, and they talk about the cheaters, and what gets them caught every time is they just get too aggressive. Yeah. They go all in, and they could have done it for years, and they would have been under the radar winning, you know, let's just say in this case in a point, eight games a year. And no one really would have cared. You know, they'd go to a bowl game. Occasionally, they could get 10 games and go to the Cotton Bowl. But no, they wanted to go, or they, Art wanted to go all in. And he got caught. Yeah. And that's the deal. That's what I really want. I mean, I back to, I've said this earlier, I want those conference championships stripped. I really do. Because I think it's a shame that I know that there are 50-some-odd guys are actually in college. You're talking about 90 guys on the roster. But I know how they built that roster. 
I want those conference championships stripped out. Yeah. Well, I don't want that. I do not want that hanging on that wonderful stadium that's going to be, I don't know, holding 15,000 people. Maybe. Watch them game pounded because I really do believe you will see this year. I think they're going to do good uh, unless NCAA lets all their athletes go. But I, I say 500 team at best. Best case scenario, they're 500. No, I mean, uh, because you're going to bring in some old guy. I, I think you have to bring in an old guy because a young guy doesn't have the uh, the background to say, I'm a disciplinarian. I'm not going to do this. You have to go find that old, you know, like the that terrible movie, Necessary Roughness. Is, you know, you get, you know, James Coach Gennaro, that is he's a straight arrow. You know, that's their looking for the straight arrow now and i was thinking is like all right is that larry coker i mean he's here in texas i think isn't he still at utsa yeah yeah well guess what they're knocking on his door going all right you you cleaned up the mess from miami you just didn't win a national championship he did win a national championship all right you're right he did he did win a national championship that's you know but he did it with somebody else's players you know I, i i could see them getting a Young, passionate, faithful, restore the Baptist Baylor values in our football program and just roll the dice there and go with that. But they, you know, at, at the end of the day, they're, like you said, nobody wants to, anybody who's ever spent any time in Waco knows nobody wants to go live there. I mean, unless you're like coming from a farm town out in the bowels of East or West Texas. Nobody wants to go to live in Waco. And I think that, you know, the, you know, you're, I don't know if they're going to rebound from this. Uh, they're, they're certainly no, they not going to be, they're, they're certainly not going to be anything like the, like they have been, but you know, I, I don't know if they're going to go get Larry Coker because at the end of the day, Larry Coker ain't, ain't convincing 18 year old kids to come to fucking Baylor. Like that, that's not going to happen. No, but Jesus Christ could come down and coach his team for the first year after this. And they still wouldn't recruit anybody to come to Baylor. I think that the, you know, like I said, they're, they're 500 at best. I don't know who the hell is going to coach them this year, but you know, even if they, they do have good players, you're absolutely right about that. They have a lot of talent coaching matters in college football. And if they, if, well, unless they have an RG3. Imagine what they're going to, imagine what they're going to experience on the road. Oh, I mean, it's going to be brutal, and um, I'm glad to have. I'm glad to know they're going to do that. They will and not win one single Big Twelve road game. I will make that proclamation right now. They will not win one single Big Twelve road game next year. And have you looked at their schedule before you get all big and high and mighty? There are they not going to? You know, are they going to Kansas? Yeah, that's why I was wondering. You know what? I might take Kansas. I'll, I'll take Iowa State. I'll take sure, Iowa State for but... sure. And anybody else you throw at me. Anybody else from the conference you throw at me. All right, hold on. I'm looking this up right now. Football schedule. Because, I mean, it's it's Kansas, and then you know, that's the one that makes you take pause. But Kansas State, you know, that old corpse is still running that show, and he's a great guy. Yeah, Skeletor will just run, you know, everything around you. He knows how to beat this team. This is, uh, all right, so what you've got, uh, all right, so 
Well, they get Kansas at McLean Stadium. Well, I know yeah. that they, I know that they have a preseason schedule. I mean, I don't know if they've got one of these high-profile early games, but usually they're playing like Monday. No, Beardo, you're right. They uh, actually no, I'm sorry. They have to play the triple option team of the Mighty Rice Owls. It's Friday, September 16th. Friday. That's it. Did you say Friday? I said Friday. I mean, like, that game was scheduled before all this shit came down. How yes, is it, it possible is. that they have a Friday game? Because it's Rice. And it's Baylor. And it's, and, and it's Baylor, and ESPN won a Friday Baylor game. They wanted to have a 70-23 to 23 ass kick. Well, they do go to Iowa State, and that's another one that with their new coach, I can't imagine the talent at Iowa State can possibly stack up against these guys. Hey, this is the same Iowa State team that shut out the Longhorns 27 to freaking nothing last year. Yeah, that's true. The homecoming game this year could be interesting because this is Jayhawks. That's how shitty. This is what's bad about Baylor. Not only do they cheat, but they schedule Kansas as their homecoming game. Still, after winning back-to-back conference championships, you're past the point of scheduling Kansas as your homecoming game. That should be, you know, TCU. Should be Kansas State later on. But, uh, you know, anyways, they these guys, I, I honestly believe they're still going to be bowl eligible. I do not believe Phil Bennett will be the coach because he's a shady-ass guy, too. You have to flush this entire coaching staff because – you just don't know. Well, that's all, the thing. It's not like, you don't know. It's yeah, and it's not like they they're like I don't know what you're talking about. Bullshit. You know, like it, that. There's no way. And you know, I I, I think you're right. I, I don't know who they get to be the head coach, but that that Phil Bennett dude number one is not a head coach. You look at oh, he has been. Yeah, but but I I, I always I. I thought he was a good guy until i've heard different that he is a uh shady character and uh i trust my sources on that well, one so i like to do too and i he's good at what he does i just i i can't imagine they're keeping this again i, I say 500 at best um that, that they go i i think that they i think they hit a downward spiral you know at like week six like seven seven or eight they hit a down, downward spiral and it's just a train wreck from there on out but you know, who knows? At the end of the day, like I said earlier, I'm just glad that they are, um, you know, that all this stuff came to light because yes. at, at least, you know, at least some positive can come from this, that everything has come to light. So, you know, there, there's that. And, and good for them for getting caught. Good for the, the big, powerful ego guys for getting caught and getting, you know, bitch slapped for it. So. And, well, and, and I, it's his legacy. This is going to be his legacy. I, I saw that earlier, and I, I do think that it is going to be his legacy. And that's the thing that you got to remember when you get an opportunity to, you know, become a get a bigger role. It's like, all right, what can you do with it? You know, and how do you live with yourself doing anything you ever do? Well, and imagine the lawsuits. You know, we, we talked to earlier about Baylor. Imagine the lawsuits against him personally. Well, that's the thing. It's not going to be against him personally. Because he was he was employed by Baylor. So it's yep. all, okay. Okay. So that, that was my question. Okay. Well. Yeah. It, the Baylor, Baylor as an institution right now is going 
crap. We're screwed. And I think that they're um, all like, it's already like, this was like a couple of weeks ago. Their insurance company, insurance representative came out and pretty much said, Hey, when this shit storm hits, uh, you're on your own because this, this is negligence. Yeah, don't worry about that because that's an insurance company just positioning themselves and that means that Baylor has to sue them and, you know, that's the thing is that you got to remember the people that were injured in this thing for all intents and purposes is not Art Browse. It's not Ken Starr. It is the, you know, it looks like at least 12 to 13 women that were, you know, raped uh, assaulted, whatever you want to call it, they were the injured party. And they are the ones that are going to have to try to get some money back out of this. If they want to, and they may not want to, but they're really the tragic figures in this whole thing. Right. And I hate to say this, and I really do, is that ESPN, for... You know, all their, you know, Skip Bayless, you know, and all their stuff. If it wasn't for outside the lines, and this is where I was throwing my hands up about a month ago, is that outside the lines is on this story in, you know, last September, January, and again in March. And really no one was paying attention to it. But all of a sudden, and I don't know what it was, it gained momentum and snowballed. And if it wasn't for outside the lines, this would not have happened. Hey, let me tell you something. It, it hit a tipping point is what happened, and it did it very quickly when it accelerated. But I will tell you this, and I'm not, and, and I'm certainly not putting these guys on a pedestal. But you know, I, I listen to the local show here in town, as you well know. And in the morning, I get up and you know do my thing, make coffee, make the kiddo breakfast and lunch, and I listen to it in the morning. And Aaron Hogan and Bucky Godbolt. And Aaron Hogan, for like the last three or four months, when I first started hearing them talk about it, like bringing it up and like bring, and I'd kind of heard some of this stuff, but like bringing it to light. And I was like, wow, this is big. But Aaron Hogan has said, and they've stuck to this, has said in that time, I'm going to talk about, we're going to talk about this every single day because this is crazy that no one is talking about this. Yep. And it's absolutely and crazy. And we're going to talk about it every single day. And they did. They brought it up, you know, whether they made lighthearted jokes about Baylor and this, but they brought it up every single day. And, you know, they've talked about it. They've kind of read the news outside the lines, you know, and they kept asking the question, which, and this is how I admittedly got so familiar with it, was how is nobody talking about this? How is nobody in Waco media talking about this? How is nobody in national media talking about this? And so, I mean, I think that's what happened is that it hit a tipping point. You know, Bruce Feldman with ESPN uh, nope. was kind of the first one who had Fox. sources. And so, he had sources that were, you know, uh, allegedly sources that were Big 12 coaches that were like, like, there's no way they're coming out of this okay. Like, they're not surviving this. Like, and this was like a week ago. Well, this was also Gary Patterson back in September when his guys – stole the keystone and he said, I'm suspending them. And they questioned him. He's like, Hey, they did wrong. I'm suspending them. There's nothing like, you know, what's happening here that you're grilling me about nothing near what's happening down South of us. Right. 
And I know that was a personal vendetta, but he was basically opening the door for reporters to go after it. And the national media, for the most part, outside of, you know, OTL, left it alone. And we know now, I mean, there's no doubt, you cannot trust the Waco Tribune. No. You should not ever purchase it, read it, do anything. These guys are in the pocket of Baylor, and they know it because there's nothing else going on there. You know, there's only so many stories they can write about Scott and White down in Temple. They are in the pocket of Baylor, and that's the shame. They should have broken this story just like the guys up here did about SMU back in the 80s, and that's a goddamn shame. Yeah. But that's that proves the point of the you know necessary need for journalism, and that's where, you know, you know journalism. Local papers are dying. Right. They're not going to be here anymore. Well, and, you know, if there was any opportunity for anybody in the Waco media, whether it's the print or television, like, there, I mean, well, not television, because that's a whole different game. But in print, like, you're, 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 and you better hope you don't get fired because you're exiled there. No, I mean, yeah, uh, you're always a, a kid or you're the old man. That's the only roles there in Waco, I'm sure, is the, 80-year-olds curmudgeon or the young kid that's like, I'm just paying my dues. Both of them failed, and they failed spectacularly. Yeah. And I hope somebody's looking at that. And I'll leave it at this, is now we need to really take a look as a state at the DA's office, oh, at, the, dude. at the cops. I'm glad you brought that up because that's a whole other thing that that is – that. That's a whole other thing that is seemingly shady. Um, I, Waco, Waco is shady. No, I mean, no, no. I, I mean, I mean, our current, like our uh, our our state district attorney, um, Paxson. Oh, our yeah, he's not district attorney of state, yeah. but yeah, state attorney. Yeah, or was that attorney general? Attorney general, Ken Paxson, who is a Baylor alum. Oh, shocking! And who is was. God, I I wish I had it in front of me to look at, but he he was he recently came out to like interpret the law to where essentially protecting Baylor from this in the sense that they're a private institution. Yeah. And there and and he was very like out of nowhere came out this was in the last like seventy two hours, came out and was like pushing to to you know to, to keep those findings private and to, you know, See, that's the thing, though. Like saying the letter of the law, and, and you know, and it was a Title IX interpretation, like exactly what it was. And anyway, he, he essentially took something that this looks pretty cut and dry and clear, and and made it vague. And it's just, you know, it, it it's it just raises like, how do you think people are going to take this? How do you think your critics are going to, you know, they're, they're going to come after you on this? And now it's like the 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 summary that came out from the law firm, the Art Browse decision. It's like. Dude, everybody who's been like attempted to be complicit or you know be part of the cover up is like, dude, you're you're in a bad situation and you're making it worse. But see, here's the deal, and this is what concerns me is that they will hide behind the Bible, they will hide behind the children, sure. they will do whatever they want to to hide their you know their uh, I don't know malfeasance if you want to yeah. say it. Uh, and that really pisses me off. And 
you know, having somebody, and that's why I said, you know, like Baylor has been protected because of the people they have in the Texas state government. And this is the other thing that's going to happen. The next session, watch it because it's been happening in Georgia. It's been happening in Florida that all and in Pennsylvania, they have protected the public institutions and the private institutions, which amazingly have football programs that they are not having to report to media. You know, the freedom of information act somehow does not apply to those schools. Right. And that's just, but they can benefit from all the things of being a part. Oh yes. Uh Yes. They get every benefit, but they don't have to deal with the repercussions. And that's where you go down a slippery, uh, slippery slope, which is what we ended up with. And guess what? No one's going to pay attention to it. No one knows about it. And everybody's going to sit there and go, well, it's Baylor. I mean, they're a good Christian school. So certainly that's great. And hey, I like Texas A&M. I like Texas Tech. I like UT. Why should we give these dirty, dirty reporters access to this stuff? It's like, because they're the ones that tell you what's really happening. And, you know, to wrap this whole rant, you know, hour-long rant up, it's reporters that actually bring this information to light. We all know that it happens, but when you break a story, being able to have somebody back you and dig into it, that's why you need to have a journal, an independent journalistic, inte- you know, entity out there. Yeah, I mean, it, well, and journalism's dying, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, it's it it really is, and and it's unfortunate because you you know you think back in the day. I mean, even like the 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 nightly news, and you know, like even in our this isn't uh, maybe it was a longer time ago that I'm remembering, but you know, like. I don't know. I, you, you're absolutely right. You're, you're absolutely right. And it's unfortunate that it's that it's come to a situation, especially in a place like Baylor. Unfortunately, also, though, it's like people much older than us would be like, yeah, this has been happening for years. Uh, yeah, and- but you know what? It, it goes back to the fact that I remember the statesman being delivered in the morning and the afternoon. Uh-huh. Can you imagine that? An afternoon newspaper? Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah doesn't happen anymore and you know you need to have people that are independent of everybody so that they can investigate everybody and the thing is is that journalists have also done the same thing as Bryles they have had their own you know their own well-being at the forefront not the story they wanted to win a Pulitzer they wanted to do this they had an agenda and that's where it, it's trying to, to play same, out. They, they succumb to the same temptation and pressure of power, of prestige, of money, whatever it may be. You're, you know, you're, you're right. It, it's on both sides of the fence. But, you know, it's – but again, it's like it's Waco. You can fly under the radar in Waco and play that game, and it'll probably happen again. And guess what? We'll drive through Waco again, and we're never going to think about it except when we see that uh, amazing-looking stadium. And that's my deal is that – they they can fire him now because he built that state. The same thing happened to Leach. And they're going to deal with all the repercussions that come, and it could be drastic. They weren't for Tech. They're going to be drastic for Baylor because they've obviously done a lot, lot worse. So I've lost my wind. I don't know about you. We've hammered this home. Baylor are cheaters. 
they're going to go right back to where they were. And when conference realignment comes through again, they're on the wrong, wrong side of this thing. Well, they may not survive. And, you know, I, the Big 12 is on the wrong side of this thing. But, yes, they're going to be even worse on the wrong side. That's what I meant when it gets divided up. I don't know and we'll talk about go, that but next time. It, it, will, it, it will be significantly less prestigious and money-making than where they are now. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're right. And, and, and I'm with you. There's nothing more to really say about it. We've beaten this horse. But it needed beating, and it was – are we beating this bear? It's it's pent up for nice. Well played. Thank you. It, you know, it, and it's been pent up. You know, like I said, I've been listening to this for months and months, and it's been crazy how it's like, why is nobody talking about this? Why? I mean, what if, as they kept saying on the, you know, the show I listened to, what if this were Ohio State or Texas or, you know, you anybody City? but Baylor and Waco? Yeah, I mean, it, it it's it's crazy. So anyway, I think the. Uh, I think it's it's really a, a dead horse, and it's like I said earlier, it's it's great that it's come to light. It's it's a positive thing. It's um, it's unfortunate for all parties involved, but at least there's progress in moving forward. You know, meanwhile in the NBA, there's uh, 40 seconds left, and the Oklahoma City Thunder have cut it to six, uh, but I don't think they're going to pull it out. <laughs> well, on that note. We'll wrap it up. So thanks for listening to us uh, break down Baylor, and we'll be back, I'm assuming, next week. We might have some NBA finals talk and some other Baylor wrap-up and clean-up. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again. Peace out. Post-game show is brought to you by Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.